Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 35, Digital Spiritual Consent. Hello, (laughs) welcome. Glad to be here with you. Glad you're here. Hope that you are um, taken care of in some way by yourself, by others. Um, yeah, that's what I hope for you this week. Um, and maybe this is part of being taken care of is, is, uh, podcasting and meditation. I know for me, those two things help me feel taken care of. So thanks for making, uh, my little corner of the podcasting and meditation world, a uh, part of that for you. If you'd like to support what's going on over here in this little corner of the podcasting and meditation world, best ways you can do so are to subscribe, rate, and or leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to that helps other people find the podcast. And if you want to share socially, social medially, or by word of mouth to help people find the podcast, I'm also quite grateful for that. Um, And as I say every single week without fail, my my deepest gratitude is just to be able to do this and to know that you are listening. So thank you. We'll go into our opening practice of singing the sound of Om one time. Om being the sound of consciousness, the sound that contains all other sounds. And so it's this fundamental Sanskrit uh, sound that is said to represent the energy of everything, everything in the universe. And so um, there's a really deep awareness, a deep consciousness attached to this sound. And when we sing it or listen to it or use it, we're just asking for the deepest awareness we can have in any given moment. So you can do that by singing this out loud with me or just listening. And if you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. You might choose to close your eyes or soften your gaze, maybe looking down the tip of your nose or toward the floor, just to prioritize the internal over the external for a moment. You might take a deep breath in through your nose if nostril breathing is available to you right now. And then a full breath out, just clear some space. And then inhaling for the sound of OM together. Thank you for joining me in that practice and now for this week's discussion. So last week, we sort of put down the discussion piece and just went right into some embodied practice. And that was a sweet way to um, just sort of 
you know, one of my, my spiritual teacher, my, my primary spiritual teacher, Swami Jaya Devi based here in Atlanta talks about how sometimes like switching it up on ourselves, uh, helps to get us out of the grooves in our minds, those habits, um, that we form that can kind of keep us doing the same thing that we've always done because transformation, which is what I've been taught the yoga and spiritual paths are all about, uh, transformation is about doing things differently than we did before. So sometimes it's nice to, to change it up on ourselves. And now, I'm returning to the traditional format where we will do uh, a little bit of discussion and then some experiential practice. And this week's discussion is about consent in online spirituality, specifically on social media. And this is a topic that came up because of a really great uh, Instagram direct message discussion I had with my friend Maddie. She's on Instagram as the contemplative mystic, the contemplative mystic. She's a really deep, um, powerful and open hearted practitioner and I'm really grateful to her and I had posted an Instagram story about just some of the things that go on in the online spiritual spaces that make me uncomfortable and she chose that as a moment to offer that one of the things that makes her uncomfortable is the way that consent is dealt with or not dealt with in the social media space um, in the spiritual community and I completely agreed with her and felt inspired in that moment to talk about it on the podcast and that was several weeks ago and this particular topic has been in my queue to talk about for a while, um, but just different things have come up, um, you know, uh, wars and uh, transphobia, and I, you know, needed to pause, needed to talk about other things. Um, but now it feels like a, a, the time to talk about this. And one of the reasons I felt like this week was the week to talk about this particular topic is because I received an exorcism this week, the week that I'm recording this podcast. I I received an exorcism. Um, I was in a gas station at night and a woman that was standing in line in front of me uh, turned around and looked at me with a deep-seated anger and malice and told me that she, in the name of Jesus Christ, she blessed the demon in me and then repeated, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless the demon that lives in you. And again, she looked at me just with just naked, bald anger. (laughs) Um, And in that moment, it was, it was unsettling. Um, It, it, it was, it was unsettling. (laughs) It didn't feel good. Um, It, it sort of activated my nervous system a little bit. And I am aware that, you know, there could be any number of reasons why she would choose to say or do that. Um, and so I did, just didn't say anything, uh, didn't want to escalate the situation further. And I'm, I'm very much aware that, you know, there's a lot of nuanced uh, reasons why someone might turn around to a stranger and say something like that. Um, and so I, I have a lot of awareness and um, openness around what, you know, what might be going on with her. And... I didn't ask for that. (laughs) I did not ask for my demons to be exercised in a gas station when I was just trying to get a chocolate bar. Because yeah, that was why I was in the gas station. I wanted an Almond Joy because that's my favorite chocolate bar right now. I did not ask uh, to have my demons blessed and I did not consent. Uh, Even if I hadn't asked for it, if that's something that she felt like she wanted to offer to me, I didn't consent to have anyone kind of come into my spiritual field in that way because to me that's you know it's not something that I take lightly I'm aware that like I said there's a lot of different complex factors that might have played into her decision uh, to do something like that but I don't take someone making 
absolute declarations about my spiritual well-being um, lightly at all. And so it's a th- it's a it's a real thing for me that I didn't consent to have her, um, you know, working in my spiritual field. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm very much confident that like I have sp- I have energetic boundaries, right? My my understanding of energy is that we have our we have there are, there are kind of layers to our being to our bodies we have our physical body there is our emotional body sort of the layers of the body the layers of our awareness where we store our emotional experiences and process our emotional experiences and then there's an energetic body there is you know the the energy the the charge um that animates us and um we have a field of energy that extends a little bit beyond the boundaries of our skin our physical body um And so I'm confident that I have energetic boundaries, that it's not, you know, someone can't just turn around and look at me and invade my spiritual space, that I, there, there are boundaries there and I'm safe and I'm, I have guides and teachers and I'm protected. Um, But like I said, it's not a small thing to me for someone to be sort of working in my spiritual space without my consent. And because that happened this week, while I have already been thinking about this topic, I've been kind of percolating on this topic of consent in digital spiritual spaces, um, it felt like a good uh, catalyst and segue into talking about it. Because even though this didn't happen digitally, it felt very connected to what I'm thinking about when I think about, you know, the the consent or lack thereof um, in digital spaces. Because what I'm referring to and what my dear friend Maddie was referring to when we had this this conversation with each other was the way that in certain posts, specifically on Instagram, because that's where I put a lot of my energy. I am a social media strategist. I have a social media presence myself where I kind of share my offerings um, in the social media space. So I'm thinking about Instagram, although this could apply anywhere. But if you're scrolling your feed and you see a post, especially from someone who is, you know, a teacher or a practitioner, um, works in the realm of energy, spirituality, um, contemplative arts and healing arts in some way, and you see a post and you know, it could be like a text post or it could be them looking into the camera as if they could look deeply into your eyes and deeply into your soul, even though that's not really possible because they don't know exactly who's on the other side of the screen, which is important. And we'll talk about that later. So it could be them staring deeply into the camera or it could be a post that is like words on an image, like a text post that you read. But they might be saying something like, you know, I'm offering this is your energy reading right now. And then they say something that assumes that they know who they're talking to and that um, offers kind of some absolute type of um, information or prediction about what's going on with someone's energy right now. Or it might be a post that says, you know, if you're reading this, this is your sign that you need to do that thing or that you need to stop doing that thing or that that person isn't right for you. This is your sign if you're reading this. Um, So... It's this idea of using social media posts to offer either messages or, you know, assumptions or information or um, even, you know, energetic practices like reading someone's energy without knowing who is actually reading it on the other side of the screen. 
you put something out there, you make the post either staring deeply and mystically into the camera or you write your text post and you make a little image out of it and you post it um, and you put it out there and you don't actually know who's going to read it because you can reach any number of people on Instagram, the people that follow you and through, you know, hashtags and the explore page, even people who don't follow you. So if you're if you're a public page, you actually have no idea who actually or who exactly is going to be on the other side of the screen reading this post you just made. And yet you are presuming to know whose energy is is uh, kind of present in the post that you're making, to know who you're talking to, to know what's going on with them enough to say, here's my reading of, of what's going on with you right now. Here's a message that you need to hear. Here's information that you specifically need to have. And there are issues with that. First of all, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know who's, like, like I've spent a lot of time speaking about already, you just don't know who's reading the post. You don't actually know who's coming into contact with the posts that you're making and receiving the messages that you're putting out there. And while I am, you know, this, the last couple of years of doing so much digitally because we've been in a pandemic and it's sometimes been hard for us to gather in physical spaces together, we've done a lot of, you know, I, as a yoga teacher, I've taught a lot of yoga online and I've attended a lot of yoga and spiritual growth and meditation classes online and knowing and doing that, I'm very confident that, you know, energy and, um, like the, the embodied sort of tangible feeling of, of a person's essence or like the essence of, of spirit or spiritual power, whatever you want to call it, that really does translate online. I absolutely believe that. And I am absolutely not saying that it doesn't. But there are still boundaries, right? There, you know, everything sort of one of the, the principles in yoga is the principle of Shiva and Shakti. Um, and Shiva is the energy of stillness. Uh, Shiva is the first ever yoga practitioner and he's sometimes pictured sitting in deep stillness and meditation. Um, and he is kind of the container. Shakti is sort of the this goddess aspect who's always dancing and moving and creating and transforming. So she's the the movement energy, the, the energy that's always moving and transforming transforming. And the idea in yoga is that there's always a dance between the two, the balance of the container, the stillness, and the movement and the transformation. And so everything has a container, everything has a boundary. So I do believe there are limits to how much energy can translate through a screen. And, you know, if we're thinking about, you know, me, for example, teaching a yoga class on Zoom, I can see who's in my class. I know who, I, I can see faces now, now that we have Zoom and are not just, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, my, my ashram, my yoga center was using Vimeo and we couldn't see who was on the other side. But now we're using Zoom and I can see who's on the other side. I can see their faces. I can see their names and I can sort of um, interact with them and, and even sort of feel into who is with me. Um, I have that capacity. But when you're just putting a post out on social media, you just you don't have a list of people who are seeing it. Of course, you have the list of people who are liking it. But once you see who's liked it, it's already out there. 
You, you didn't know who you were talking to until they liked it. And then it's already done and they've already seen what you've said. Um, and people can see things without liking it. And so you just don't know who exactly is seeing the post. And so there are limits to the ability to really feel the energy of the person that you're trying to teach to or talk to or read their energy or whatever it is you're trying to do. And I think if we have no idea who we're talking to, the idea that we can send someone a message that they specifically need to hear or offer someone information that they need to know or, you know, offer someone an, an insight into their specific experience or energy or feeling without knowing who we're talking to, I think that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I say that like with hesitation because, you know, I'm a person who's all the way in on this spiritual path and I love the energy and the, and the connection and all the practices. Um, and I know that it's, it might be unpopular to say that it's kind of ridiculous and it's presumptuous. It's presumptuous to assume that if we're posting something in a public forum where anyone can see it, that we know who we're talking to and what exactly they need in any given moment. I think we can speak to our own experience and say, this is what I'm feeling in my experience of my life or, you know, world events or the collective. This is what I'm feeling. And if you need to hear it too, great. Um, I think that's always fair. But if to say, if, you know, this is your sign, you need to hear this, that is presumptuous. And there's some ego in there. And that's really just sort of scratching the surface of it, because what I'm actually here to speak about is consent. Because, you know, that's just the, the, the presumptuous nature of doing something like this, making a post and assuming we know what the people who are on the other end need from us in that way. Um, not only is it presumptuous, it, it's really, it's really sketchy in terms of consent. So I am a training social worker. I'm training to be a psychotherapist through the avenue of clinical social work and excuse me, informed consent. Excuse me again, always the air bubbles. It's been a couple podcasts since I've had an air bubble, but there it was again. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Anyway, um, in, in the realm of training to be a psychotherapist, one of the things, one of the, the most foundational principles of doing therapeutic work with someone is the principle of informed consent of when you begin work with a client um, and, and throughout the work that you do together with a client, um, ensuring that they know exactly what you're doing, like the, the, the methods, the treatment modalities that you're using, um, you know, the tools you're using, they know exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, and if anything changes, there is a continuous conversation. That's an incredibly important piece of therapeutic work. And I'm aware that, you know, doing spiritual work, offering spiritual services or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it on social media is not therapy. Although, you know, there's a lot of other people who have talked about how, you know, Instagram therapy is a thing. People are trying to do therapy on Instagram and that's, it's, that's, that's, it's, uh, that is its own, you know, beast. Um, but you know, offering spiritual service on social media isn't therapy and it's not held to the same standards or ethics um, or accountability as therapy. So I'm not saying that, you know, the, the formal principle of informed consent has to apply, but when we're talking about spiritual healing or we're talking about, um, you know, yoga or, or, you know, 
personal growth work, which is so much of what the spiritual community, the digital spiritual community um, is about and is offering. When we're talking about stuff like that, we are, you know, we're, we're dealing with people's emotional health, their spiritual well-being, their mental health in some ways. And it's about empowerment. Uh, we're, we're trying to offer empowerment to people. And consent is so essential. When we're talking about making someone feel empowered, trying to offer them, um, you know, a service that they haven't consented to is the opposite of empowering. It does not give them the agency, the choice to decide, I want this. And what I'm getting at here is the act of just posting a public post without saying, you know, just just straight up a post that anyone can see saying, here's your message that you need to hear. Here is an insight into your experience that I know you need right now. That is non-consensual. You don't know who you're speaking to. Um, and the people who are scrolling through Instagram have no warning that they're about to get an energy reading. Um, and even if they did, they don't have the opportunity consent to consent to it. And so it's non-consensual. It's very much like my experience in the gas station. I had no warning that I was going to get an exorcism. So that was unsettling in itself. And then I had no opportunity to consent to having my spiritual, um, my spiritual essence, uh, worked with in any way. So it was a non-consensual experience. And I I think it's the same thing, honestly, when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a post that is, you know, telling you about your own energy, your own experience, the, the messages you need to hear from someone else, it's, you have no opportunity to consent to that. And it is non-consensual and it is disempowering. And so that is contradictory to the authentic aims of the spiritual path. And authentic is a word that, you know, it's in question because it is, you never know how authentic people who are on social media are trying to engage, how authentically people on social media are really trying to engage with spirituality. Um, but anyone who is trying to engage authentically with spirituality, you can't do that and offer non-consensual spiritual services. You just can't because it is, it's not empowering. And the essence of, of personal growth, spiritual transformation, um, in my understanding, it's empowerment. So, you know, I I don't mean to just sit here and like talk shit (laughs) and talk about how, you know, um, all of this is bad and this is not a good thing, which for the record, I think it's not a good thing. Um, But I want to offer, you know, I know I don't I'm not saying people should stop sharing their work on social media or not be on social media. You know, social media is part of my livelihood and my work and my passion Um, or that, you know, you can't offer any kind of spiritual guidance on social media. Um, But I think there's a couple things we really have to keep in mind when we're doing something like this. And one of them is speaking in absolutes. We cannot be speaking in absolutes when we're speaking to thousands of people, many of whom we don't know and many of whom we don't know like what they need or, or, you know, who's really reading on the other side. We can't speak in absolutes because we just don't know. It is better to, um, you know, offer our own experience, our own insights while being explicit that they're coming from us. They're coming from our own experience and what we've learned, any training or, or, you know, education that we have the credentials to share, being explicit that we're offering that without, you know, without trying to, um, you know, act like we're saying that something is, is true in the absolute. And we definitely know what each person that's seeing our posts needs. So just not speaking in absolutes and, and kind of personalizing what we're sharing more, I think is really important. And then just 
and logistical things we can do to give people the opportunity to consent uh, to what we're offering if we do feel the need to offer a really specific message or insight or energy reading or whatever it might be. Um, Instagram now has a feature where you can make a carousel post. So you can post multiple slides in one post that people can scroll through. And that gives us the opportunity to make sure that the first post that someone sees Or let me say this in a different way. We can choose what the first image someone sees is on a post that we make. So if we're going to make a post that is like a text post that offers a specific message, like this is your sign to do X. Or if we're going to post a video where we're looking deeply into the camera and saying, I'm feeling your energy right now. If we're going to do that, I think the way to do that with integrity is to make the first, make a carousel and make the first slide a Uh, almost a content warning. It doesn't have to be phrased like that. We don't have to use alarmist language like warning, Um, but we can make it an informative slide, probably with text on the image that says, you know, I, this is an energy reading or this is a a specific message. Um, You know, swipe if it's something you want to see. So the people do have the opportunity to know what's coming and to give their consent or not give their consent before they just see it and are sort of, um, you know, subjected to, exposed to someone kind of trying to work in their energetic field and their spiritual field, maybe without their consent. So those are my ideas. And now we get to meditate on it. This is the time in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we take what we've been talking about and embody it through seated meditative practice. And if you're not in a position to do that right now, this might be a good time to pause so that you can come back to it later. If you are coming along, I'll invite you to find your way into a comfortable seated position, which is any, any seat. Remember, empowerment. You are empowered to choose any seat you need just to lengthen your spine. That's all I'm suggesting you have for meditation seat is a long spine. Since your spine is the center line of your body, it's the pathway where all your energy moves and it's where your nervous system lives. So when it's long, there's a sense of openness and fluidity and connection that can be very supportive for meditation practice but you can get there however you can sit on the ground on a cushion on a towel on a blanket with your legs crossed in kind of the classical position that we think of when we think of meditating you can sit in a chair you can sit with your back against the wall you can sit on your bed you can cross your legs or don't you can position your hands and arms in any way that's comfortable empower yourself to find a long spine however you need to so this practice, this this particular podcast episode has been about empowerment um, because working with the ideas of consent, like I touched on earlier, is really about empowerment, about giving ourselves and the people we work with agency to choose how they want to do or not do certain work in the, in the realm of spirituality, personal growth, healing, what have you. And so we're going to take that idea of empowerment and agency into the space of a little bit of meditative practice. So first seat of empowerment is you finding your way into a seat, however you need to, to sit with a long spine. Next area of empowerment is you deciding how you want to settle into this seat. You can close your eyes. You never have to. You also have the choice to just soften your gaze, perhaps by looking down the tip of your nose or gazing softly toward the floor. 
The idea is to prioritize, like I spoke about at the beginning of the episode, prioritize the internal experience a little more than the external. So you have some time to really be present with yourself. So finding that in your eyes, however you need to, almost like you could just soften the, the, the sense of your sight and look toward yourself. Now you get to decide how you want to connect to some presence here. You can do it through the tool of your breath. Many teachers have taught that the breath is a powerful tool for bringing our mind, our body, and our awareness into one place so that we're centering and we have some some space to be with the moment that we're in. So if it feels good to do that, you might just watch and listen and feel as your breath comes in and out through your nose if nostril breath is available to you. You don't have to change your breath right now. There's no right or wrong way to breathe. You just watch what's happening as a way of connecting to what's happening to your present moment experience and to yourself. But you can choose not to focus on your breath if that is not the most empowering practice for you right now. If it feels stressful to try to connect to or catch your breath, you could choose to focus on something else like a sound that you can hear right now. Maybe a sensation like the clothes on your skin, your tailbone on the earth, the temperature that you can feel on your skin. It's anything that's happening right now to, again, just bring your awareness into the same place as the moment that you're sitting in right now. And it might feel the most empowering for you just to sit here. To feel yourself get still in a life that is always moving and chaotic. To be with your breath or whatever present moment sensations you're focusing on. It might feel empowering not to be still, right? You might sway a little bit or adjust your body if you need to. And I will offer that the seat of empowerment, according to yoga philosophy, which teaches that there are different points of energy, energy centers in our body that are associated with different qualities, almost like, you know, file folders on a computer that hold different files. And the energy center of the belly is associated with the quality of empowerment. It is our core Just like the sun is the core of the solar system and provides solar power, our core is the sun of the body and provides power and is a way that we can connect to empowerment. But empowerment, again, also means having agency. So you can decide if this is the practice for you or not, but you might go into some belly breaths as a way of connecting with the the core of power at your belly. You might inhale and purposefully expand widely, pressing out through your belly, expanding in your ribs, as much air as you can take in without force. 
And then you might take a strong exhale, kind of like blowing your nose, squeezing a little at your belly button to empty as much air out as possible so you have as much space for your breath as possible. Belly breaths, if that feels empowering to you. Inhaling, expansion. Full and powerful exhale, a little squeeze. Inhaling, expansion. Thorough exhale, squeezing a little. Inhaling, expansion. Thorough exhale with a little squeeze. And continue this at your own pace if it's what you're choosing to do. Belly breaths to connect to the essence of empowerment. You might even put a hand on your belly if it feels good to feel that motion in your belly. The expansion, you taking up space. The release, you clearing space. You have more room for breath, more room to take up space, more room for yourself. Let's take a few more rounds of belly breath together. If that's what you're choosing to do, of course. Perhaps we take four. Three. Two. One. You might release the effort of that breath if you were going through that belly breath practice. You might bring your awareness to your belly. That place where you felt the sensation of expansion and release, just kind of noticing what you might feel there. If it doesn't feel empowering to bring that body awareness in, you might just choose awareness of whatever does keep you powerfully connected to your moment. If your awareness is in your belly, maybe feeling like a sense of warmth or just sensation. It's reminding you of the seat of your own power. Kind of this self-generating power that comes from within you. That gives you the agency to decide how you use your energy. How you walk your spiritual path. 
what you do and do not consent to in the realm of energetic and spiritual work. If it feels like the practice for you, I'll invite us to take a breath in here and release the breath. And then when it feels good, you might begin to blink your eyes open. You might begin to move your body around, just coming back into the more external space. But know that if it is, you know, If you consent to doing so, you can keep the internal awareness. That awareness of your internal fortitude that then moves into the world with you and reminds you that you have the agency to decide how you use your energy. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>